keep the lights down just for a minute. Um, I'm going to ask Delena to come up in just a second. In the first service during worship, I uh, had this memory. It's probably more than 25 years ago. Jane and I had just been married. We were in a church in Cincinnati, and we were just learning about the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit work? How does he speak? And honestly, we were kind of freaked out a lot of the time. And um, we were in uh, this service at the church, and uh, a woman stood up in the back, and she said, it wasn't scary. She just, she got up, she said, I, I saw Jesus walking through the congregation. And, you know, of course, I'm looking around. <laughs> she said, I, not with my physical eyes, but spiritually. I knew Jesus himself was walking around, and he was touching each individual. And it was, it was the reality of the presence of God. We know theologically we assert the fact that God is present that Jesus is here. When we gather in his name, he's here. And so in essence, that's what he's doing is he's touching each one of us. In the first service, I took some time and I just said, let's wait and let's listen and let's just uh, allow um, God to come and for Jesus to speak to us. Maybe there's a specific word we need, a place of comfort, a place of healing, a place of instruction, or even correction because he loves us that much. And uh, we just took maybe a minute or so. And I'm going to ask Delena to share what happened um, with her. And then we'll, we'll pray together. Can I go back half? Sure. That was the back half of the story. Hello. Oh, hi. Thanks, husband. <laughs> that was the back half of the story to exactly what I experienced in worship first service. And so... Jesus walked off the stage, and he came to where I was, and he had a conversation with me. And in that conversation, he spoke to places in my heart that were afraid. And he says, look back. And so I saw all these mile markers where he and I had had these pivotal moments in time. And um, he's like, look how far we've walked together. And he, then he said, you've been blissfully unaware. <laughs> and if you know me, that's true. And he said, I need you to be aware. And he said, are you okay with that? And I said, no. Because <laughs> being aware takes everything to a new level of intentionality and identity and authority and visibility and all those things that I can play with, but I don't have to own if I'm unaware. And he said, I need you to be aware. And then he just waited. He just stood there with his hand out and just waited. And so I wrestled through in like what seemed like eternity, but it was really just a millisecond. And I said, okay, I'm ready. So he held out his hand, and I went with him places. And so that was amazing. And then the moment lifted. And then I thought, you know, when you come back to your senses, and you're like, was that real? <laughs> Did I make that up? And then Randy gets up and tells you what he just said, that Jesus is here, and he's walking around, and, and he's touching some of you, and let God do what he wants to do. So that was my encounter, and I really believe that he really is issuing those invitations to us, whatever it looks like for you. There was mine. But whatever fear holds us back, he, he's big enough. You know, and he just wants us to trust him on this side of the invitation and let him deal with the after side. Great. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks.
Let's, let's take, take a minute and just um, set our hearts at rest in God's presence. I want to just let the band play some and, um, and just wait to see. It, it, the, the Holy Spirit's here and he's safe. He's uh, God's presence manifested in our lives. And so let's just wait and see what God would speak to us. If there's a place he wants to touch, just open your hearts and open your minds. And trust that God wants to come and speak. We'll just take a, a, a little bit. want to encourage you, um, especially if that sort of experience of waiting in the presence of God to, to hear is new for you, um, don't let it weird you out. You probably saw a picture in your mind. You probably heard a word. You had a, a, an image. You, a scripture came to your mind, a memory or something. And I would ask you to share that with someone that you know and trust another believer, and let them know, here's what I saw, here's what I thought, here's what I heard, here's what I think. And that's how the body of Christ helps one another. That's how we sharpen one another and keep each other accountable to what God's saying. He's given us the scripture, he's given us the spirit, he's given us the people of God. And it's one of the ways that we grow. So I fully trust God in all of you uh, to move us forward. Okay. I want to um, make... Uh, two very quick announcements. Look to the scriptures for just a minute, and then I have uh, someone else I'm going to ask to come forward and lead us in a time of ministry. <clears throat> I uh, made the announcement two weeks ago that giving-wise, uh, it hasn't been a great year for us in the church. Our giving year-to-date has been down about uh, 30% over 
our projected expenses. Praise the Lord, our expenses have been down too, so the net effect is more like 20% or so, but still, it's like, like your household budget, you know, uh, your income going down 20%, you start to think, hmm, what should we do? So I brought that to you. It's fair in the family to let you know what's going on. And uh, we had a great offering last week. It was like way above. You look in the, in the bulletin and you'll see that's a great number. Um, Steve Sargent, who's our administrator, he said, I, I want you to say thank you and be encouraging, but remind them it's just a data point <laughs> and that we're looking for a trend that moves in the dire- that direction. So under no compulsion and not with condemnation, but I invite you, go to the Lord and ask God how he'd have you uh, give here, whether you're tithing um, to increase, you're giving other places and God calls you to, come, to give here, however you choose. We're trusting that God's called us to make disciples and to take the presence of God into the world and we're going to keep doing it. So thanks for being a part of that. Another way that you can be a part is uh, we have a team of elders, 10 of us right now, who listen uh, to God on behalf of the church and sort of oversee what happens here. We're looking for some new elders because we have a rolling sort of system. So some are going off and we need some to come on. So this is where you get, as the people of God, get to nominate people. That If you read uh, 1 Timothy uh, 3, Titus 1, and you see those qualifications of an elder, and you know someone in the body, you think they, they qualify, um, call the church office, uh, send any of the email staff, talk to any of the current elders, and we'll take those nominations. And as a group, we'll be praying through those and probably bringing some for you to affirm in the next couple of weeks. So this is the last day for those nominations. So think and pray, but do it quickly. All right. Um, it's New Year. Did you know that? Some of you knew that. It's, uh, it's the Jewish New Year. started last Friday, Rosh Hashanah. And um, we're in what the, the Jews call the, um, the Days of Awe. So uh, Rosh Hashanah, also called the Feast of Trumpets, because they would blow a shofar to wake people up to their identities. That was the purpose of the shofar. Wake people up. Remember who you are. And remember that God is king. And so they'd blow the shofar, and, um, and that was a call for the people of God to remember who they were called to be as God's chosen people. So we're in these days of awe between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the highest, holiest day. For us as believers, too, it's, it signifies what Jesus did for us. And so I want to take just a few minutes and, and focus in on this idea seasonally within the body of Christ of remembering who we are. And I, I want to talk about identity. Matthew three sixteen and 17, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. Uh, this is from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. Um, Matthew three sixteen and 17, it says this. The moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters... The skies opened up and he saw God's spirit. It looked like a dove descending and landing on him. And along with the spirit, a voice, this is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. Right after the baptism of Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, um, the Lord God opens heaven and makes a declaration about the identity of Jesus. Now, we may tend to think as, you know, now in uh, 2,000 years past, 
that God did that for us. I'm not sure about that. I think the Son of God needed to hear from his Father who he was. And so God speaks from, from heaven about the identity of Jesus. And the rest of Jesus' life was fulfillment of that heavenly declaration of identity. The, the balance of the life of Jesus was fulfillment of this word from heaven, this is my son, he's marked by my love, I'm delighted in him. And all, all of us ha- have a longing to live out um, our, our truest identity, to sort of be used by God in the way that we know God's called us to be used. And, you know, we have that longing, but it's, it's kind of hard to be yourself in the world today. God gave us a gift. Don't rush the stage when I say this, okay? But God gave us a gift, and it's called our fathers. And our fathers had a job. Our father, the, the job of a father is to, to give identity to their children, not just the sons, to sons and daughters. It's the job of the father to say, this is who you are. Not just, this is how I want you to act. Not just, this is what I want you to be, but this is who you are. In our society, we take our father's names. This is identity. This is core. And that's a perfect world. The reality is none of us grew up in that perfect world. So all of us have a little bit of a distorted view of who we are because we have broken fathers. And so even, even those of us who had the very best fathers in this sanctuary, for instance, my children. <laughs> Joke. Just trying to lighten it up a little bit. (laughs) Every one of them has a broken image of who they are at their core because I didn't know how to communicate that. So we, we set up these systems in our lives to try to figure out who we are and how to live out this identity that is either going to be safe or affirmed or accepted or in control or somehow give me some meaning and purpose in the world. And we spend a lot of our times trying to figure that out a lot of the time in our lives. Jesus was able to live out who he truly was because he, because he got a declaration from his father, perfect father from heaven. And the first thing I want to emphasize today is that only God can tell you who you really are. Your true identity can only be revealed by your perfect father in heaven. So if you want to know who you are as a person, and I'm not just talking about personality, though there's a comfort level we have to come about with, you know, with our personality. But who are you as a believer in Jesus? What is it that God says is true about you? Psalm 139, made in the image of God. Ephesians 1, 6, accepted in the beloved. All through Ephesians 1 and 2, chosen, predestined, adopted, loved, sealed by the Holy Spirit, kept until the day, secure in his love, a friend of God, all that stuff. The only one who can truly tell you who you are is the one that made you. We can think, we can act, we can believe whatever we want, but those actions don't have impact on our identity. It goes the other way around. We live out who we really are or who we think we are, right? And part of our calling as the people of God is to live out who we really are, called by God. So I'm going to push you. I can't tell you how to do it perfectly, but I'm going to push you to go to your Father in heaven and ask Him, who am I? 
How do you think of me? Look at the scriptures and listen and hear God's view of you. So it is our heavenly father who has to declare to us who we are. We need to hear from God, the perfect father, what our identity is. It's the Holy Spirit that makes that identity real to us. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just do that in mystical ways like Delena, though I like that. The Holy Spirit confirms who we are. He makes real to us our identity as sons and daughters of God in very practical ways. You got a Bible? Put your Bible up. Anybody got a Bible? All right. There's one. Yeah. That, that's one of the ways the Holy Spirit confirms who you are. You open up the word of God and you say, oh, that's who I am. In your intimate time of prayer with God, the Holy Spirit speaks to you about who you are. You can be honest with God and he accepts you because of what Jesus did. We need the community. We need one another. We need to be able to be honest with one another. James says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. What's the healing part of that? You're honest with another human. They look at you through the blood of Jesus and they say, you know what? You're accepted. You're forgiven. If they really love you, they'll tell you you're accepted and forgiven and you're loved so much that I'm not going to let you keep living like that. That's true love in the body of Christ. So it's the Holy Spirit that makes real to us our identity. And the fact is we need spiritual mothers and fathers in our church to, to speak by the power of the Holy Spirit to one another. Every place I've moved, I've had to find someone, some man older than me, and I've had to have the very awkward conversation. Hey, will you help me be me? Because I don't know who I am. I mean, I've had that conversation four times in my life. Hey, I don't know who I am, but I'm getting better and better. I'm going to tell you all the junk. Will you keep me accountable to live out my true self? One guy just went up and said, will you be my friend? He said yes. We need spiritual mothers and fathers. I want to speak to you. If you're young in the faith, if you became a Christian last week or last year or 10 years, but you feel young, I want to give you the freedom to go and find a spiritual mother and father. They don't replace your earthly parents. They're not to be idolized. They can't give you significance. But you need to be able to go to someone and say, listen, I, I want to live in my true identity. Help me. We need disciples. And I give you the freedom to go and ask someone. Some of you are called to be spiritual mothers and fathers and you know it, but you've been afraid. <laughs> you've been afraid because you think, I don't have every area of my life worked out. Guess what? You never will. But there's this one issue. Guess what? There always will be. But I'm not sure. You probably never will be. And God is calling many of you, some of you even young people among you, your spiritual mothers and fathers, and we need to step up to that place where we can, we can you know, um, bring people along in the faith. It's a crucial time in the world. And we've got to have communities. We've got to have families. We need spiritual mothers and fathers to get up and do the work. That's one of the ways the Holy Spirit confirms to us, this is who you are. And this is how you live out your true identity. But even if you hear from the Father in heaven perfectly... And you can theologically preach, this is who I am in Christ. 
And even if you have people discipling you and you pray for hours every day and you memorize the scriptures, even if the knowledge is full in you about who you are in Christ, none of that matters to the world until you live out your true identity. It, I mean, it's, this is not just about accumulating a whole lot of knowledge. The Father tells you who you are. Praise God. The Father heals our wounds from our earthly fathers and then we get to forgive them. Right? We get to forgive them. And then the Holy Spirit uses the scriptures and our intimate times of prayer and other people and spiritual mothers and fathers to confirm that. But only we can live out our true identities. No one else can live out your identity in Jesus. Someone said to me, I don't know, a couple of months ago, they were just being kind. They just said, you are so good at being you. And all I could think of was something I'd heard someone say at one point. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at it. And in fact, you know, there wasn't anybody left. You know, I'm the only one that could be me. Everyone else was taken. You're the only one that can live out your, your very specific destiny and calling in Jesus. And that the world needs you to do that. The world needs you to take action. To remember who you are is an action word. It's not something that comes upon you. It's something that you choose. God, who am I? Friend, who am I? Help me remember because I want to live that out. When you know your identity in Jesus, then you know what you have to give away. Identity releases inheritance. It works that way in the natural world, right? If you've got the right last name, that gives you a lot of money or a lot of power. If you have the wrong last name, that gives you a, a difficult reputation to overcome. That's how it happens in the natural world. Well, spiritually, guess what? You didn't choose your father. He chose you. So every single believer in Jesus today is an heir of the King of Kings. Every single one of you has been adopted. You didn't work your way into the kingdom. You didn't earn your way into the kingdom. You can't do it. And you cannot sin your way out of it. Don't attempt that. But you can't do it. Because you've been made clean by the blood of Jesus. You've been adopted. You're an heir. You didn't choose your heavenly father. He chose you. You do get to choose whether or not you live as an heir. You choose whether or not you live out that true identity. You choose whether you live out your holiness. You choose whether you live out the reality of your spiritual gifts. You choose whether you live out truth and honesty. And so I want to encourage you to action on your identity today. When God reveals truth about you, however he does it, in a sermon, in a worship time, you know, riding the bus, at the grocery store, reading the Bible, when God reveals a truth about who you are, act on it. Act on it immediately. God revealed a truth to me. He just he broke a lie a couple of weeks ago right here. Remember, I, I, I talked about this sort of wound I had from fourth grade. The teacher said, you can't sing, and I agreed. And so I got up here, and just to break the lie and prove to everyone, I sang right here on this stage. I needed my wife and a bunch of eight-year-olds to help me, but I did it. When you find out something that's true about you, act on it. It will be uncomfortable, but you've got to take action. 
We've got, we've got a, a, an invitation in the kingdom right now to step into our identities, but it will be awkward. I release you to be awkward. Some of you are saying, I've been doing that for years. I release you to be spiritually awkward. It's okay. You don't have to have it all together. If we're going to press into the next season that God's given us, we're going to have to act differently. It won't be, this is just like, you know, make it up. It'll be finally from the inside, us living into what we know we've, we've been called to. It's going to look strange. That's okay. Peter says we're strangers and aliens. Garnet, I want to ask you to come forward just as we close. Garnet, during worship, gave me a word, and um, I thought that it would fit here at the end, and he could just share it, and then we could go into a time of ministry. Hi, morning, everyone. Um, I'm so nervous. <laughs> um, I, am, I normally are. But before I share this, I just, just want to encourage you um, that as I didn't look at the bulletin this morning. Normally when I looked at it, I normally looked at the tithes and the offering. That's the first thing I looked at because that's one of my concerns that I've been having and just kind of just kind of laying it before God. And um, in the mornings on Sundays when we are coming here, um, we normally just have devotion. Uh, or just a time of just praying, not necessarily devotion, but just a time of intercession just come in here and there are times we pray about the church but there are times God will lead us just to pray about other stuff and I remember last week we were um, specifically praying for the tithes on the offering and I mean I remember the, some of the exact thing was that God you just kind of release person to empty their pockets just to give every single thing that they have sacrificially so I was really encouraged just to hear Randy says that this morning that God, God will answer prayer. He will answer prayer when you pray. So just remember that. And I mean, it means that a lot of us have been praying and God is hearing us. Um, what I sensed this morning, um, uh, Philippians 3 verse uh, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehend, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling, high calling of God in Christ. And um, what, I, what I saw was from last week I've been seeing it is like, I mean, there are some of us that are at a place almost like a wall is there. Or there's a comfort place that you have found yourself. But God wants you to push beyond that comfort zone. You know, there are times we have, you have done stuff and you find you, yourself in a, in, a, in a nice place and it, and it feels good. It feels right and you just go and you settle there. But God wants us to move beyond that settling place. And as Randy says, what I saw was an uncomfortableness. That some of this means that you will come out of your comfort zone. And some of it means that you're gonna, going to be in awkward situations. You're going to be in uncomfortable situation. But he reminds me about, there's a passage in, in, in I think it's in Samuel. I don't remember. I think it's the first Samuel. That David says, if... If I'm going to offer any sacrifice up to God, 
it must cost me something. And, and I think what, what the Holy Spirit has been revealing is that we, we come day after day. Our life um, has been one of just, yeah, we are living. But what is it that you are giving God that is costing you? Anything. And I also want to add that, hear me, God is speaking. Because I realize that we, norm, we go to um, Grace on, like on a Saturday afternoon. And every time we go to Grace on a Saturday and come back here on a Sunday morning, it's the very exact same thing being said. It is being said in different ways, but the very exact same thing. So it simply means that God is on the same page. It simply means that God is on the same page. So we need to get on that page. And it, it is going to cost us something. What is it that you are willing to give up? What is it that you are willing to bypass, move beyond? I mean, lose the fear. Lose, I mean, we are good at building our own image. And put one out there. Everybody needs to see this. But guess what? We are not good at just allowing God to build that image because he wants to build that image. That means when everything, all the things come and show at you, it will not shift your footing because your image is built by God. But when we make our own image, it simply means that a little thing that comes and brush against you will move you out of alignment. And hear me, I'm going to say it again. God is on the same page. And it means that we need to get on that page. Because the, there's an order in where we are going. There's a momentum building. And it, it means that God is calling us into a place. As Randy says, to know who we are and function out of that place. So that we can be who God says that we are and that we are prepared for what is coming. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. But hear me. Hear me. It's not going to be like this all the time. We are in a privileged place that we can freely worship God and, 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 and say and do things to an extent freely. But hear me, it's not going to be like this all the time. So it simply means that God is preparing us for the fire to come. And if you don't sink your root deep now, will you be able, will you be able to stand in that fire? And what it means is that you have to lose you. You have to lose your, your own identity that we have developed and built. And protect for over the years. And just kind of lose it. Just kind of lose it. Because that's where God is in. God is. Is where we, we make sacrifices. Where we lose that self-consciousness about us. That image. That we protect. That image that we don't want anybody else to see. That's the one he wants you to put out there. Yeah, because if you don't show it here, here's the thing, here's the thing, is that God, there, there, there are so many of us in here that have struggles and have 
witnesses that we come here Sunday after Sunday but then we go back home and we are crying and we are weeping because we are going over the same thing over and over again the same cycle but because we continuously put an image out there so everybody sees you and they think everything is fine when you just need to pull somebody one size and says guess what this is what is happening really this is what is really happening and it, it simply means that, guess what? This person might go and tell somebody else, but who cares? You need Jesus. And if you need Jesus in the fullness of every single thing that he is and, who he, who, and what he has to give, it simply means that you just have to lose you and grab the identity that he gives you. So too many of us are walking around with, with identities that God didn't give us. He didn't give us. And we need to lose it. We need to lose it. We believe lies that the enemy has been telling us and, and just kind of walking out those things. But God wants, I mean, God wants to show up. He wants to show up in this. He wants to show up in your life more than anything else. The needs and the provisions that you need, the access that you want, He wants to do it more than anything else. But honestly, if we should pull back and just kind of look on all that is happening in our lives. If God should overflood us with every single thing that he has. With all the, the provision and every single thing that you need. Will you be still coming to church? Will you be still saying yes to God? So he needs a solo vessel. One that says yes all the way. One that says, I lose it all for you, God. So step out of your comfort zone. Step out of the place that is, out, that is comfortable. And get in that place that will stretch you beyond your limits. Get in that place that will just stretch you. Because what I keep hearing is that you have not fulfilled your fullest potential. Because of the resistance to, keep, to, to just to step beyond the normal. Because normal is safe. And we like safe. But honestly, when you said yes to Jesus, is there anything safe? <laughs> no, there isn't. So if we are saying yes, it makes sense. We will heartily say yes. And just swim deep into the river. Just swim deep into the river. Stand. You want to pray for us, Garnet? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll stand. Uh, Garnet's going to pray. If you want to come forward when he's done, to have some, peop- some more people pray for you, um, happy to do that. God's moving and he's speaking. And I would encourage you, don't leave today without responding to the Lord. Father, we just bless you. God, we, God, we honor you. God, we, we magnify you, God, because you are God. Lord, not because of what you have to give, not because of any need that we have, but God, we just bless you. 
We just magnify you, God, and we give you the glory, the honor, the power, and the praise, God. Father, there are many, there, there are many thoughts that are going through the minds even now, God. There, there are many emotional roller coasters within our lives. But God, I, I release your peace. Yeah. I release your peace, God. Let your peace come upon every person within this room. Let your peace, God, let your peace, let your peace, God, come so that we may hear you and we may respond to your call, God. Father, I declare that, God, you pull each person into the place that you have calling them to, Father, into a deeper place. May you pull them by the Holy Spirit, God. May you pull them, God. May you, may you bring that place, God, within their hearts that they, 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 will, they will see who they are and see the need for you, God. Open our eyes so that we may see from your lens, God. Open our ears so we may hear from your hearing, God. Father, open our understanding so that we may understand from your understanding, God. God, I release your throat in our hearts. I release the throat that have been declared this morning in each and every person's heart and in our spirit, God. I declare that God, even as, 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 as we live out our life this week, that there are different points and different things that have been said that God, you'd cause it to just, just go over back in our spirit and in our minds, God. That you'd remind us, Holy Spirit, I ask you, that you'd, you'd, you'd remind persons Throughout the week, that you'd remind us, God, of that which you have said, Father. God developed a relationship within us that goes beyond the norm, that goes beyond the ordinary, that goes beyond, God, our comfort zone. Develop a relationship and a passion and a hunger and a thirst, God, that goes beyond, Father, what we expect, Father, or what our, our brother beside us expect, God. But may we pursue that which you expect, God, as you pursue us. Cause us to lost the identity that we have created. Cause us to lose the identity that we have set up for our own self. So that we may look good in the eyes of men. Cause us to grab a hold of the identity that you have given unto us, God. That blueprint that you says each and every one, that is unique to each and every one of us. May we grab a hold of it, God, so that we may live the fullest possible life that we can live, God. Through you, God. Help us to breathe you. Help us to see you. Help us to hear you. Help us to live you. Sink our roots deep into you, God. Develop a healthy habit of having devotion, of intercession, of worship, of getting into your word, studying. Develop the habit, God, of healthy community, Father, of relationship within our community. Develop a habit, God, of healthy relationship, God, within our families. God, persons within this room that are having struggles within their marriages, God, I declare that your, your healed healing will come, God. That God, where the faults are, they will recognize it, God, and, and learn from the Holy Spirit. And a healing will come. That healing will come. God, sons and daughters in this place that have earthly fathers, that are hurting God because of what their fathers have done. I pray that God would bring healing. 
You'd remove the crookedness of the relationship. And that God, there will be a deep healing God. Within the hearts of every person within this place that had ever had an issue with their father. God, whether the father be alive or dead, I pray that God, you'd work out the circumstances. And that you'd bring such a healedness, God. To what you're doing, God, in the heart. Gotta release your passion for your presence within our spirit. God, let us walk in freedom. Let us walk in the fullness of freedom. And God, we just honor you. And we just bless your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Garnet. When Garnet prays for you, you've been prayed for. Uh, If you'd like more, come on forward. Otherwise, uh, go and see your kids. Go to your lunch. Go and be blessed. God's with you. Have a great day.